Welcome, everybody. My name is Pav Bryant. I am Performance Director and Co-Founder here at Spokes, and you are listening to Bespoke, the cycling and triathlon training podcast. Uh, now, I'm delighted to be joined by um, two Spokes stars. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with our stars program, uh, these are people who have uh, had or are having a uh, great experience with uh, a Spokes uh, product or service. Uh, and they've kind of come on as in an ambassador ambassador role and uh, uh, will kind of be provided with training and uh, and qualifications as they look to to perhaps maybe take up rolling coaching themselves or nutrition for, for that. So uh, first of all, I introduce you guys, uh, Zuzi and Guy. How are you both doing? Hi, Pav. It's all good. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Um, I'm Suzy. I've joined Spokes or Nutritionally Fit at the beginning uh, a few years back, I think it's been two, three years now, and it's been a learning journey ever since. Uh, absolutely, Susie. It's a pleasure having having you with us. And for those of you that are listening in, um, you should check out, if you're on Facebook, check out Nutritionally Fit. Uh, it's the, the, the group that we have that's uh, free of charge and uh, supports athletes, endurance athletes with their nutritional um, uh, in their quest for good nutrition. So yeah, thank you uh, for introducing that, Susie. And Guy, how are you? How are you doing? I'm, I'm very well, thank you, Pav. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's great to great to do this. Um, so I'm Guy, uh, and I've been with Spokes for ooh, probably less than a year now. Uh, and I joined really just to take my cycling ambitions, my endurance um, racing ambitions to the next level, really. Um so yeah, it's it's an exciting time. I'm really enjoying Spokes. It's really working for me, and 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 Pav's a great boss to have. <laughs> and I didn't pay you to say that. That's the best. Of it. <laughs> no, not Excellent. required. Oh, thank you. No, that's very kind of you. Um, and uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Obviously, we are doing a special uh, episode today uh, around mental health. Now, it's a subject that's obviously very hot and uh, I guess talked about uh, a lot, probably not as much as it should be, especially when uh, when you're suffering. And uh, uh, we've got uh, the three of us um, have all had uh, a very positive experience utilising cycling or, or any sort of exercise and nutrition in uh, in helping to improve our mental state so we're going to give you some uh, uh, some of our top tips about what that looks like so if you're somebody out there and you're suffering you uh, you should hopefully come away from this podcast with uh, uh, with some sort of uh, direction and, and what you can do so um, that's our, our main aim of course but uh, maybe you're listening to this and you're you're thinking well actually I don't suffer with any mental health challenges or you've got a, a system in place well uh, we're going to still give you the tips. Uh, we're going to say that you should listen because you know what? These tips are going to help you regardless of whether you're struggling or not. They really are uh, something that you can you can use and uh, employ uh, and see gains whether or not you're, you're suffering uh, with any, any sort of challenge. And uh, make sure you stay tuned right to the end of the podcast because we have a, uh, a special piece uh, where I've, I talked to Eric Min, the CEO and uh, co-founder of Zwift, around uh, his experience and um, some of the success stories that uh, he's been told of that Zwift have, uh, have played a part in. So uh, it's going to be an epic episode and uh, hopefully everybody's going to be able to take away some, uh, some great uh, advice. So... Um, why don't we jump straight in, guys? And uh, and uh, Susie, tell us a little bit about the challenges that you've had uh, with your mental health. Um, I think my story is slightly different um, to guys. Um, my mental health start 
much impacting my life back in high school. Um, during junior high, I've been very active in sports. I trained judo, we competed. So I've been training about six times a week and suddenly the injury came and I had everything figured out. I knew where I want to be in five, ten years' time. We were going to tackle the national championships, the Olympics four years later. So when the injury came, all of that collapsed. I couldn't train anymore. I couldn't be who I wanted to be. And in high school, it kind of, everything collapsed. And I had a few episodes where I fainted. And after one of those, I've been taken to hospital to figure out what was wrong with me because I had really big spikes in temperature. I would go from fever to very low. I'd go from heart racing to, well, not really beating that fast. And no one knew what's happening until I was taken for a consult with a psychologist where they found out that what I actually have is a depression. And this is how it presented it myself. So because I couldn't train, I've lost that part of me that kept me sane and kept my emotion under control. And when I couldn't do it, my body just, just collapsed. And that's where, when I've realized that things were in, going on as well as they should be absolutely and um yeah so you, you're in actually or you were in a, a difficult situation where um you were already employing exercise as a tool for mental health like uh, keeping you keeping you sort of uh, on that straight that path uh, and then that was taken away from you so how, how has it been since um what's what's helped um to be honest, because it happened oh, 15, 17 years ago, in Poland, you don't really talk about mental health. There was no really much of support outside of psychiatrists. Uh, my parents really struggled with that situation. They didn't know what to do. Um, it's sad and a funny story. Uh, my mom told me once she's taking me to visit a new GP just for a like half a year checkup and when we arrived it was actually psychiatrist office and I was like yeah ma'am I think we need a talk <laughs> about that um but no one really talked back then about issues you have around mental health and I think that's been the biggest challenge for everybody around me and myself how do you say hey I'm unwell can you please help yeah, absolutely. And uh, and it is, it is it's something what you say is, I mean, 10, 15 years ago, um, and I'm, I can't speak for, for Poland, obviously, but but in my experience, 10, 15 years ago, yeah, you, you, you wouldn't really talk about mental health apart from as to say or label somebody crazy. It was there. It, it wasn't there wasn't much that was discussed at all. And in reality, where we've, we've come a long way, we, we still we're still sort of uh, a fair fair way from where we need to be in terms of that communication um but but I guess when did it get better for you Zudi um I think over the past few years I've learned what works what doesn't work for me and I think 
accepting a few years ago that not every day is going to be great, that I can help myself by training, by being active, being outdoors. Um, since moving to New Zealand, it's improved so much. I leave every day and I can go to the beach. I see water every day. So the greens, the blues, the colors that impacting me outside uh, just had a massive impact. Cycling in London's been incredible for me. I had a bunch of friends and we would go riding every weekend. Um, we could ride every day if we wanted. I've been very lucky working for Rafa where we could ride on a Wednesday. Uh, we could turn up in the office at one, two o'clock and had that morning for some awesome rides. Um, so being in the sport, living and breathing outside, it's been fantastic. And then last, I'd say two to three years, probably since joining Nutritionally Fit, I've learned how food and all the nutrition um, we consume impacts my health as well. And it's funny, they say that the depression can start in the gut. Um, I'm not sure if you can cure it uh, via proper nutrition, but you can definitely improve your mental status by eating the right things. Yeah, I absolutely, I totally agree with you there. And we'll come on to the role in nutrition uh, shortly. Um, and yeah, again, listeners, uh, uh, one of the things we, we talk about a lot, and uh, we've had a podcast on on before, and no doubt we'll do more podcasts on in future, is is how your how just how important the gut microbiome is. And uh, yeah, it is. It's it's really every it really links everything, and it's um, becoming something that is much more studied just because of uh, how how important we think it is in physical and mental health so yes Susie fantastic that's uh, it's really good to, to hear that you're now you sort of come through that and you've got that action plan and that cycling is uh, especially obviously working for Rafa did you get good discounts by the way <laughs> <laughs> I did and moving all that stuff from UK to New Zealand I probably have half of my wardrobe still cycling gear fantastic <laughs> awesome i i mean that, that's it's excellent we're gonna we're gonna come back to you obviously let's just just hear from guy so tell us guy please tell us a little bit about the challenges that you've had um yeah um, my story i suppose is it starts in a very similar place to zuzi's in in school but it is a bit long and, and complicated in a way um so i think i've always known something's not been right um, so when I was in my sort of mid to late teens, I, um, I felt very isolated. I felt very awkward. Um, I just in myself, I didn't feel like, uh, I was the person I was supposed to be, uh, very self-critical and I cried a lot. Um, as a, as a man, that's, that's, uh, it's not very manly, is it? Um, but I can just distinctly remember so many times just being in my bedroom, just crying and not understanding or knowing why I felt like that and what I, I couldn't do anything about it. And I suppose for a long time, I just muddled through and, and, and ignored it and, and just got through it. Uh, and, and I went to university and I thought this is going to change me. 
And it just made that isolation and all of that loneliness worse. Uh, and I drank um, I, because that's what you do at university, isn't it? You drink uh, because that's what you just, you, that's the culture that's created in the UK, certainly. Um, and uh, I, I used alcohol in a very unhealthy way to, to drown out all of the anger and frustration and, and uh, hate that I felt about myself. Um, and it got to the point where uh, I crashed. Um, I reached a, uh, the lowest I've ever been in my life. And um, I just, you know, I got saved, thankfully. Um, and it changed my life for a bit. Um, and I got help. And I had therapy and the university were amazing and the NHS were amazing. And it helped me take a lot of what I felt and, and, and arrange it into something that I could, I could understand and manage. And I got a lot of tools and techniques about how I could manage my mental health and, and, and things got better. Um, I, I didn't have sport really. Um, and uh, so I never had the outlet. And I think that's been a, a common theme for, for my life, really, that loneliness and that, I suppose, that lack of purpose. And, and when I got to my um, 30s, my focus became work. And I, I buried myself in, in a career that I, I genuinely loved. And I pursued it with, with everything I had. And I got married and we, we, we had two amazing kids. And I still had no friends. I had no personal connections and I had no purpose in my life and, and everything just slipped again. Um, and I was just unhappy and unfulfilled and sad and, uh, had no way to deal with it. And I'd lost all of that knowledge that I'd gained from the therapy and I started drinking again. And, uh, yeah, I, it just got worse and I just drank secretly. Uh, you know, my wife and I'd have a couple of drinks and then I'd have a couple of drinks on the quiet and a couple of drinks became a bottle of wine and a bottle of wine became a bottle of wine and some shorts. And, uh, I got really unwell. Um, I had acute pancreatitis and I got a uh, blue lighted to hospital. Um, and I was in hospital for a, a about a week um, while I recovered and uh, the doctors and the, the, the uh, medical team, you know, talked to me about my alcohol use and that that, that was a significant um, contributory factor to me being unwell and that, that I had to stop drinking, otherwise I'd kill myself. And that was um, uh, sobering, um, for want of a better word, I, I the shame. I think hurt more than anything else to be called an alcoholic. Um, that's horrible, uh, really hard to take. And, um, I changed, I stopped drinking, uh, for about four months, which I just, I, I'm so ashamed to say now that, you know, I, I couldn't last that, that long. Um, and I got unwell again, uh, and just it didn't nothing changed nothing changed um i didn't change anything and i continued to be unwell physically and mentally um 
and that ultimately led to the breakdown of my marriage i think that was um a huge part of it i decided that i had to change um and i couldn't do that in the relationship that i was in uh, and with the pressure of a family and i walked away and that was the hardest thing i've ever done in my life but i had to do it because i had to be better and that's it and i found cycling and uh it's changed genuinely it's changed my life um it's given me a purpose and it's made me a better person and a better dad and that's all i ever wanted really so i i I really really appreciate and i'm really grateful for you sharing guy it's obviously something that is um that that weighs on you quite quite a bit doesn't it it's um yeah but what a what a turnaround! And um, maybe you should um, uh, tell tell the listeners a little bit about the the sort of events and the, the stuff you've done this year because you you've you've been you you've been incredible. <laughs> like seriously, since since I've been coaching you, it's been yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, um, it's not your your journey in terms of your your training and um, how we balance everything. And mm. you had one sort of slip up with with an event that didn't go as well as we'd yeah. hoped, but. If we actually listening to your story, uh, you talk about yourself there and knowing you now, there's a huge difference here. Um, and I think the listeners should uh, should understand exactly what you've done this year and um, and uh, <laughs> like how cycling is. Or it's not just yeah. cycling, exercise for you and training. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, so. When when my wife and I, or my ex wife and I, split up, I. I, I genuinely felt like I needed a purpose. And um, so I created this thing called Miles for Wishes. And Miles for Wishes, um, if you know me, um, that's my social media handle. Um, and I just wanted to create a name for, for this idea that I had. And the idea in 2017 was to take on one new challenge to me every month for a whole year. So I started running. I bought a bike on eBay, having never ridden a road bike or or probably more than five miles ever in my life. Um, and just picked it up and, and just started uh, cycling and running. And, and it genuinely, it became a therapy for me. You'd have a bad day at work or just a, just a black day and I could just go out and run five miles or cycle 10 miles and it just created a gap where I could switch my brain off and just run or pedal away some of that frustration and anger and and sadness and it worked and I loved it and I loved that feeling of reaching my limit and pushing just that little bit further and it became very addictive uh and I think you know you can a lot of people can probably understand that that you know if you've got an addictive personality and I don't know whether that's a real thing or not but you you, you kind of pick up things and you get very obsessed with them um, and I became obsessed with the 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 exercise and the cycling and wanting to kind of push myself further and further so I got to the end of 2017 and I'd done these challenges and you know I picked up cycling in March and by November I did um, John O'Groats to Land's End, which is the length of the UK. Uh, I did that on my own, uh, solo, unsupported in, in nine days. And that was the biggest thing I'd ever done on the bike. But it, it, it made me 
realize I could do more. And it was it was a very cathartic feeling to, to kind of push myself to the limit. Um, so, uh, yeah, since then, I've done um, lots more things. I've cycled across the country, down the country. Um, I've cycled um, from London to Paris, and that went incredibly badly because I was supposed to do a lot more cycling, um, but I, I got unwell on the bike um, for lots of reasons. Um, and then uh, this year, I set the record for the fastest solo cycle of the Welsh Three Peaks. So I ran up three mountains in Wales and cycled between them um, in, in in quite a quick time, which I'm really happy with. Uh, someone will beat it, which is great. Um, but for me, I hold it for a minute and uh, uh, that that's cool. Um, but yeah, as I said, cycling, it, it's a, it's a, it is a therapy. It's absolutely a form of therapy. But I think if I'm really honest with myself, I started cycling um, uh, as, as a, as a punishment um <laughs> i think yeah i think yeah. You, you you hit the nail on the head you know it, it, the guilt of um the marriage breakdown and and the the effect that that has on on other people it weighed really heavy on me and um i think i used cycling and the extreme exercise to to punish myself um to to kind of make myself feel better about what i'd done and actually the last year i think that's that's my attitude has changed in from, from um a punishment to to a pleasure and it is genuinely now something i love you know i've always loved it but now i i just just it's just all love now um and that's that's a beautiful thing uh, a bike is magic and actually when it all works and when it all clicks it's just amazing isn't it the, 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 the feeling you get from it it's just a, it's that high it's, it's it is uh it's an obsessive obsessive feeling mm. completely agree and um i yeah you it, it, we'll come on to uh, to more about this about our advice for people who are suffering in a moment i wanted to circle back around to susie and uh talk a little bit about nutrition because uh, yeah, you are probably uh, one of our uh, most active uh, stars in terms of uh, posting in, uh, into, into our Nutritionally Fit group. And uh, you, you touched on that uh, a second ago about just how important nutrition uh, is for, for mental health. And so, so tell us a little bit more. Tell us uh, about that journey and uh, how, you've, um, how you've sort of tied that into your life. So Guy's been talking how alcohol's been his abuse. I think food is what I abuse when things go wrong. And I'm nowhere near winning that battle. There is weeks where everything's great and there is months where I struggle. And I do know that when I eat well, I feel better. So I try to include prebiotics, probiotics in my diet. So the Greek yogurt, the kimchi, the sauerkraut, um, making sure that I have the rainbow of veggies, uh, sugar probably less, even if it's from fruit, I still try to minimize that a little bit because having done a bit of nutrition studies as part of my personal trainer course, I know that even though they deliver a lot of nutrients, they still spike my blood sugar, which I know I crash after very quickly. 
So I try to balance it with having more berries rather than going for plenty of bananas as I used to. And then, yeah, I think it's just not being too hard on myself when things don't go right. But I am kind of a person that it's either 100% in or not at all. I can't have one cheat meal or a treat meal or whatever we call it. It will be a month. So for me, that's a battle that I'm constantly facing. But then if I can't fuel myself properly, I can't perform, I can't ride, I can't run, I can't sleep. So it's a vicious cycle because I get grumpy and Mm -hmm. I use sugar because, as we know, sugar keeps you awake and gives you that boost of energy. And I can go through cycles like that for a couple of weeks, couple of months even. So it's just trying to find that sweet spot when it's okay to have one bad meal or slightly worse meal, um, but then pick it up on the next one and not undo everything I've done for the past half a year, for example. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's a very interesting thing that you mentioned there is that actually um, uh, nutrition, it it can be both the the sort of shining light and then the, the deep darkness that typifies mental health doesn't it it's very easy for that to get caught in that spiral and uh, we all do it and uh, I agree with you it's sometimes a a, a treat or a cheat day depending on or meal depending on how you what you do it becomes something much greater because you you have a load of sugar you have like we bring back in the alcohol here and uh, and the next day you're 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 craving it again and it's very Mm. easy to be like oh I'm just gonna have uh, another cup of cookies or another beer or something like that and uh, and then it becomes habitual like, uh, like that so um i mean we're, again we'll come on to some some top tips later um but what do you do that is um that you that, you, that you're kind of when when you when you know you need to realign your your mental state what do you do with your nutrition um i try to meal prep it, it helps me a lot. Um, writing a meal plan for the next four to five days, going shopping with the list and just sticking off what I need of that list. Walk past that cookie aisle or that ice cream aisle or whatever it will be because sometimes it's crisps um, and just buy what I've got on that list um, and then prep the meals ahead for the week. Um I've been super busy lately, so doing it at dinner time, sometimes I don't have enough time coming back from college at like nine o'clock. So I probably spend half a day on Sunday, ideally just prepping. You can freeze a lot of different meals, so there's no issue uh, of them not staying fresh. It does get boring sometimes, I'm not going to lie. So mm-hmm. I try to leave one or two for like a team lunch maybe for Friday. Maybe Saturday and Sunday are a bit more free flow so I can spend some time with my partner or my friends and just don't put too much pressure on myself because that's the other thing. Because I'm either in or out, I put pressure again on myself to be 100% just good which if I step out of that path 
I'm beating myself up again. So just learning to be flexible and just trying to apply that and taking it one meal at a time because thinking a whole week ahead can be overwhelming sometimes. So just thinking, today's breakfast, I'll just have this healthy chia pot uh, for breakfast. We'll see what happens at lunchtime, but at least I've got it prepped and I know it's there for me. Absolutely. I think that's some some great advice there and um, that will probably form one of our top five tips as well. As well, I, I completely agree with anyone that slips up. I, I think you've got to you've got to learn to love yourself and that, that concept's quite quite unfamiliar with uh with a lot of us especially uh if you're growing up and you were told um something negative along the lines of god you love yourself don't you that that phrase that we got <laughs> when when maybe we were growing up and we were we were a bit big-headed but but actually like what you do need to you don't have to be egotistical or, or anything or arrogant but but you do need to love yourself and that does include if you accidentally go out and you eat like a whole frigging cake or something like that that you don't you don't need to kill yourself for it mentally because i tell you that's the worst thing is is bringing that negativity and that that sort of self-hate uh um with you when when that happens you've just got to you've just got to look at it objectively and be like yep i wish i hadn't eaten that cake but you know what i don't have to eat another one and we can get back on with this eating healthily and and training malarkey um but let's let's move on because you know what we've uh, we're we're very we're, we're we're getting through this. I'm very very conscious of of the time here, and I want to make sure that we do uh, offer uh, to get to this to the advice. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to go with Guy and Guy. What what advice would you have for someone who is uh, currently suffering uh, with some mental health challenges? Uh, it's hard because I can only go on my own experience. And I think the two biggest changes I've made in my life are, are to give it purpose, um, to have something that brings you happiness. Um, and that I think is, is a bit of self-reflection and a bit of time to understand when you were last at your happiest and, 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 and focus on those things. And for me personally, that was um, creating the challenges to raise money for for a charity that I really loved. That became the purpose, uh, and that, that that's evolved over time. Uh, and the the other thing I would say is is connection and forming real connections with real people. Um, and and I, I'm going to make a specific point about social media here. That um, social media is is not that. Um, I use Instagram and I use Twitter and I use Facebook. Um, but this year I've made a, a conscious effort to actually go and meet people I've met on social media and people that I, I, I look to as inspiring or, or doing cool things. Um, because I just look back at my life and think how lonely I was. Uh, and even at the start of my Mars wishes journey, um, you know, you can have a thousand followers, but they're, they're not your friends they're not real connections with real people who who you can have an open and honest conversation with and that's the game changer it's that put being able to put your trust and your faith and and all of your warts and self-doubts in 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 someone else's hands and that's really powerful and it's not not easy and uh my my advice would never ever be to say talk because talking isn't easy and it isn't simple talk comes with trust and trust comes from real connections with real people 
Absolutely. And you've and, and, and one of the other Facebook groups we have, actually, that you, you post a lot in, guys, our Spokes Performance Training Advice Group. And I've been seeing a, a lot of pictures from you meeting up with some of the, the, the guys in there. Like you met our, our resident Everista, um, mm-hmm. Ewan, didn't you? He was, uh, he was, I think you went and yeah. had, a, had a ride of him. He's a nice guy as well and uh, likes, yeah, we to, likes to go up hills. And I think that, yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's, it's, that's a really powerful message. I, I, and I totally agree. Like the, the people who you uh, uh, obviously quotes here, air quotes, uh, know on, on social media. It, social media is a, a place where we all love to portray. We, we got a, we've got, all got a face on haven't we, on, on social media. And it's not necessarily the same face as what we have when we go out into the open world. Uh, and I think that actually that's what we need to do is we need to remember that lives don't, lives aren't like operated on, online. We're, we're, we're real people. And uh, cycling is an incredible tool to do that. And I think that that is a very common um like obviously if you're listening to this you're 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 in some form of endurance sport and if you wanted to join one of our facebook groups yeah everybody in there again they're all endurance athletes and uh there are people in 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 there that will gladly meet and 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 talk to you and and you can create friendships and stuff like that so i I think that that is an incredible bit of advice there guy to 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 bring um susie did you have anything that you wanted to add that to that um, I definitely think building connections and being able to find somebody who you can talk to. Uh, it doesn't have to be a specialist. It can be a friend, family member, maybe even a boss at work. Uh, I wish we get to a point where you can come into the office and say, hey, I don't have a cold, but I'm mentally not feeling great today. Can we please take it easy? That's my dream. I know there's companies that already offer the mental health day where you can just call in and say, hey, I'm not up to it today. Can I have a day off? Um, But being able to talk openly about it, take that stigma away. We don't choose to be unwell. Most of us try so hard to be okay that we cover it up so much. People quite often don't know I struggle with depression. Um, they think I'm outgoing, I'm strong, I'm very independent. But once you start talking, they're like, wow, I didn't think people with mental health are just fine and functioning and just talk and find something you love so much that it just helps you carry through everything. Absolutely. And and is that cycling? Is that what we're saying? Um, are we saying find something that, I mean, let's not kid, cycling isn't going to get rid of your problems. Um, but all three of us are here because we, we've done, we, we can relate to the fact that riding a bike has a massively positive effect on our mental health. Uh, as does nutrition, as does connecting with people, and that's like the four the four pillars that I, I for for me 
when I started coming out of all of my my problems, and for the listeners that don't know uh, about my story, rather than me kind of jumping in and saying this, all I'll say is that you can you can get all of the information on on facebook.com forward slash Pav Brian. Everything everything about my story is right there, and there's a few videos you could watch to to bring you up to speed. But but I, I've always said that the four things that I, I learned to do, um, which have really helped me are uh, some form of exercising for me again that was cycling and training nutrition uh, and that's eating right and um, and healthily and and again that 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 nutrition like you touched on Susie was is, is very personal because a lot of people metabolize fats and and sugars differently um, so it's no good having a blanket look you need to eat more plants because if if plants if, if you're affected by something like that then that might not work and you might be more suited to like a ketogenic or a, a low carb diet but you can find that and the answer is in nutrition it is that it's just that you might not be able to do what your best mate is doing or your your mother or your father father taught you but then the, my, my other two pillars were, were relaxation so I, I learned to meditate and I learned to uh, be reflective like what Guy was saying and, um, and and non-judgmental and really like actually like begin to be grateful for for where I am even when I didn't feel like being grateful because I was so deeply depressed that like every other thought was like a very dark suicidal thought but but you you still if you can find things that you can reflect on and be grateful for it is it is a starting point to feeling a lot better and that and that can be just like oh I really enjoyed going for a a ride or whatever my family my kids my job my uh, where I live or anything like that and uh, and then the last one which we've repeated a lot throughout this is the support so uh talking to people having that, that person and yeah I, I love that Susie it's not it's not always going to be your 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 spouse your partner and uh, it's probably not going to be your children but it could be your parents it could be your best friend it could be your boss it could be anyone you definitely don't have to pay for for the privilege to find that support and nor should you I mean there might be a support group that you can join or anything like that but have that and have those four things the training nutrition the relaxation and the the support uh is is going to start that process but i am aware we're talking we're talking and this is a a cycling and triathlon (laughs) podcast and uh i think that one of the things that i hear a lot of and uh we all different is some people find it quite hard to get on the bike and i think that's probably where you cross between exercising and training and once you're training and it's not that it doesn't have to be a chore and if training is becoming a chore then you probably need to change it and uh maybe that's where you get someone like a coach to to do that because you shouldn't be looking at training like uh oh man like your job or something like that like something you have to do it should be something you enjoy but let's just say for the Mm. people listening that sometimes feel like so let's just say for the people listening that sometimes feel like this how do you get on the bike when you really don't want to um let's go Zuzi first and then we'll go to guy um i think i have the best example from living in london having a group of friends and there were days that i just didn't want to get out of bed and it's hard because you know you enjoy cycling but even getting in the shower was a challenge so instead of going for a hard ride um at my one of my friends would grab me we would leave garments strava behind and just ride for the feel uh ride for a coffee cake have a chat no pressure it wasn't about time it wasn't about the destination 
it was all about the journey, going through Regent's Park or Richmond Park or even riding down to Windsor for their most famous cinnamon bun. You know, that bun is bigger than my head. So uh-huh. riding for it has been so much fun. You just talk about how much you're going to enjoy it. And then you get there and you're like, hell no, I ain't eating that now. <laughs> um, but but it helps building, again, connections. Uh, connections, having friends, families who enjoy doing things you do and they know when to help you pick yourself up and again don't put too much pressure on yourself if you don't feel like training today it's okay make it a recovery ride make it a fun ride go for a walk um i live in new zealand now instead of riding i can go hiking but be outdoors keep moving Absolutely, uh, Susie. Thank you. Some some excellent advice there. I, I actually two things that I really love are yeah, leave leave the Garmin or the Wahoo alone. Leave it at home. Get on the bike and go and enjoy a ride. Um, especially if that if you've got that training feeling, like you God, you can't do this like FTP session or whatever it is. Just don't do it then. If it's that, if it's weighing on you that much, just jump on the bike and go for a ride. Make it a recovery ride. Go go do a new route that you've not been before. See something else. I I think that's incredibly powerful. So, guy, what about you, mate? What's the your top tips for getting on the bike when you don't really want to? Um, I, I think I, I completely and utterly agree with everything you, you both said, um, pressuring yourself into hitting numbers, uh, hitting times it's, it's self-defeating and it's demoralizing. And I, I think, you know, we, we had this conversation about six months ago, Pav, where, um, I just, I was hating training actually, uh, Zwift, was was the bulk of my sessions and I wasn't hitting the numbers and I wasn't hitting the sessions perfectly and it just uh, it became a chore and I disliked it and I just felt like I wanted to stop so so yeah I'm totally with you there I think it's not advice really but I suppose I live by the rule and I always say this to people whenever they say to me I don't know how you can go out running at five o'clock in the morning or oh it's raining how can you go out on the bike and I the thing I always go back to is that you'll never regret it at the end of it actually because even if you go for five minutes or you go for five miles or you go for 50 miles the feeling you get at the end of a ride or a run or a crossfit session it's that high it's that conquering your mental health or your physical health or or whatever barrier you face i think there's a beauty and a, and a, a level of control that you you can exert over those feelings by just doing it it's very difficult uh, and and certainly one thing i found is that the mornings are the worst for me like zuzi says sometimes just getting out of bed is is just it's damn hard um so do you know what cut myself a break i get up have a coffee i'll go to work and then if i can train in 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 half an hour of my lunch break i'll do that if not i'll do it when i get home and if I can't do it when I get home, I'll do it the next day. And I'm not going to beat myself up about it because actually you've got to enjoy it. But I guarantee you, if you do it, at the end of it, you will have enjoyed it. 
I completely agree. I think that's absolutely fantastic um, and some great, great points there. One of them's actually going to be my, my, my first tip um, uh, of this. Um, but right now we've got, uh, as I said at the beginning, we're going to hear from Eric Min. Eric and I met through Pete Donoghue. Pete is an inspirational guy who's had his, uh, his fair share of uh, challenges throughout his life. Now, I'm not going to share those with you, but he's, he's very open in, in sharing those. And if you check out his uh, Facebook group, uh, Team ZF, formerly that was Teams with Fitness, um, you'll, you'll be able to find lots of links to various resources, blogs and, uh, uh, and uh, live streams where he, he very often goes through some of uh, what he's been, uh, some of the challenges that he's faced. Uh, a truly an inspirational guy and uh, forever grateful for introducing me to Eric. And uh, so, Eric, thank you for coming back on. And how do you feel when uh, people tell you they've found a path to better mental health due to Zwift? Yeah, no, I, um, I, you know, people reach out to me to tell me how Zwift played a part in um, rehabilitation, right? So it could be anywhere from someone who's coming back from injuries. In fact, many professionals find out about Zwift because, through through injury. Um, but we also have uh, people who who come to us and they message me directly about how Zwift for them is 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 their medicine. You know, they need to have it every day, and and if it you know if it helps them um, com- combat you know whatever issues they may have. Um, I think it's 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 great. I'm, I mean, I'm, it's not just about sports. It's not just about competition. I, many people just use it because it's a, it's a great physical outlet, but it's also just a great way to connect with people. And when you're suffering from depression, um, the general correct me if I'm wrong. The general tendency is for people to want to just be alone, um, but really, the solution is to be with other people. Right. And I think Zwift just makes it easy to do that. And so there are people out there who who are finding that, you know, social connection to be really valuable. Um, And, um, you know, many some of them are community leaders. I mean, for them, building a community has just gives them a lot of motivation and inspiration to to just keep doing what they're doing and, and combating some of the issues that they, they may be suffering from. So um, it's great to, to hear these stories. I get messages from time to time from individuals who, who really um, appreciate, you know, what, the, what Zwift has, has been for them. And, you know, this is really um, moving for, for not just me, for, for the whole company at, at Zwift. It, it brings a lot of meaning to the work we do. Um, this is not just an enterprise. This is like, we believe that what we're doing has has real social impact, whether it's around, you know, you know, physical wellness or or mental wellness. Um, and I mean, so it's um, yeah, it just gives us you know meaning to the work that we do, and we pride in the work we do. We work hard, and all of this just um, you know helps us to to keep us um, you know motivating, grounding. You know, we want to work hard for for our community. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's fantastic to hear. Um, I guess we just call it on. Have you got any advice for those who are looking to use uh, cycling as a path to better mental health? I think it's really important for them to find their community. Um, uh, There's just so many um, uh, communities or groups on Zwift, and so many of them are are really welcoming. Uh, And we 
try to direct people to the groups that we feel are appropriate for them. And I think over time, we can be better at that because we can use the data to drive you to the groups that you, we think you should consider belonging. And in some cases, um, you know, I think there's nothing stopping people from creating their own. And this is where uh, Pete Donahue has just created something from nothing. I remember the first time he contacted me and said, hey, is it okay if I, if I start a group? And we even came up with the name together. <laughs> um, and, um, and for him and for anyone who can go from zero to having thousands of people in your club, yeah. I mean, that is, you know, that is very, very motivating. And, and it's, it's hard work, a lot of hard work that, that Pete has uh, put into to building this community. But, you know, I think he's also reaping the benefits of, of, of you know, having created that uh, in the first place. So, um, yeah, the, there are a number of stories like this. And the other thing I should mention about Pete is uh, I remember when he said to me, um, uh, is, it o- is it okay if I tattoo myself with this with logo? And can you promise? <laughs> he said, uh, he asked me, like, he said to me, can you, can you promise me that you won't change your logo? I said, yeah, we're not going to change our logo. Go ahead, go for it. <laughs> and then like a year later, we go through a rebranding exercise. And I remember, oh, my God. I know I said to Pete, we're not going to change the logo, but someone's going to have to tell him we're going to change the logo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we offered him to take his old logo off and put the new one. And we were willing to pay for it because I felt so bad. Oh, and that's he really was, nice of you. Yeah, he was such a gentleman. He said, you know, I want to hang out to because I want to hang out to the classic, you know, the, the old logo, which will be a, a classic item. So um, anyway, that that's my story with, with Pete. That's <laughs> incredible. I didn't know that. He's never told me that. I mean, my story with Pete is uh, I think we just just a chance meeting. I believe it was even on Twitter and we got talking and uh, him and I have uh, quite similar background stories. And uh, and it's uh, it is it, really he is such an inspirational guy. And uh, it was a no brainer for me to just to commit some time, obviously, voluntarily to to help him build his uh uh, his dream of having that online Zwift community and uh, yeah, to- total motivation. I mean, like I love it and I love speaking to him. He's become he's become a very close friend actually, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm really honoured um, to know him. I mean, think about where, how far away he is, right? Yeah. Physically, all of us are, and um, and how easy it is at the same time to be connected, um, and even those virtual connections and. Uh, social connections are, are are real. This is this is a new world, right? Um, I would say many for some people those virtual connections are perhaps even more real than the c- connections that they might ha- might have you know day to day. Absolutely. Um, which is uh, which is kind of fascinating. <laughs> I know. I think um, Facebook got that seven degrees of separation down to something like three, theoretically, as in you 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 know everybody around the world through three connections on Facebook, and uh, uh-huh. uh, it's actually funny now you're saying that that actually now we can probably uh, extrapolate that to Zwift and say that we we probably we could probably ride with anybody in the world for about three or four maybe separations uh, <laughs> on Zwift. So. <laughs> congratulations on on that sort of feat Eric and um, again thank thank you for your time on this part of the podcast uh, and uh, we'll return back now great thanks 
Right. Uh, obviously, we, we need to wrap this up. And I, I want to leave our listeners with our top five tips. So Susie, Guy, uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to jump in because uh, uh, I think that uh, gave me a really, really good idea there. And Guy, um, let's leave our listeners with top five tips uh, to, to better mental health. And this is regardless of whether you're struggling or not. Uh, we're going to leave with uh, some amazing points that people can start to employ. Now, my one's a little bit of an evolution on what you said earlier, Guy, uh, and that was uh, that when you finish a run or a ride, you always feel great. Now, I yes, I think nine times out of ten, we all do that. Now, I want to just point out that sometimes, and we see a lot of it, there'll be an incident out on the road. Maybe that's uh, like a driver that's given you a near pass, or maybe you're a little tired or dehydrated, something like that. Now, what you don't want to do is you don't want to finish that ride uh, with that mood so try and do something at the end of your ride that's going to change that because how you end the ride is how you'll view the whole thing if you end it in a bad mood uh, you're always going to remember that close pass but if you end it in a good mood uh, you're, you're actually going to look at that you're going to probably be like oh I had a close pass but you know what it doesn't matter because it, it happens too often anyway for me to put too much energy into it so try and finish your ride or run by doing something epic uh, if you have to because sometimes you just go out for a ride and it, you'll, feel, you'll feel amazing like Guy says but if you need to uh, and that could be like, oh, you go for a power PB or you, you practice a little trick or a technique like uh, practice your track stands or your bunny hops or something like that. Do something fun that changes your, your mindset and your, and your mood so that when you finish that ride or run or whatever, the swim, uh, you feel epic. Because that's it's gonna that is gonna help be the, how you carry on throughout the rest of your day. So love guy's point, but I just wanted to add into that. So four more tips. Who wants to go next? Oh, I'll jump in with something there, Pav, because I'm just going to uh, evolve your point actually from my point. <laughs> okay. um, but I think um, what you said there actually for me is is about empowerment and control. Um, and I think there's a huge amount we can do for our mental health, whether you're suffering or not, um, about controlling the things that you can control and letting the things that you can't control go. Where, where I struggle with my anxiety is, is, is all of those external factors that I can't control. Huge crowds of people make me incredibly anxious. So my control mechanism, in a way, is to not put myself in those situations. That's, that's not expressly healthy, probably. But, but um, focus on what you can control and um, and use those and empower yourself to make a difference and make yourself feel better. Fantastic. Uh, Susie? Um, I'd say my top tip would be to just take it a bit at a time. If you're struggling to get out of bed, just tell yourself, just tiptoe to the bathroom for a shower. Once you do that, then go, okay, I'll have a cup of coffee. Don't think about the ride just yet. Just break that whole process into many chunks that you can manage. And then just take out your bike out and see how far you can go today. And if it's just down to the cafe, that's okay. You've done probably five miles there and back. And maybe that cafe ride will become a longer run because you're feeling great once you're cycling. So just don't put any extra pressure on yourself. A little bit at a time is more and better for you that you can ever imagine. 
Fantastic. Another great tip there. And uh, I'm going to jump back in now and I'm going to say to to approach your nutrition uh, in a way that um, is is a bit more objective and um, and, th- and think about just how when when you're eating and how you're fueling how that is affecting uh, your your mental health. I mean, you can uh, keep keep a diary uh, and uh, tie in subjective uh, stuff like how you feel after you eat something. Um, it's uh, it's it's incredible how lost sometimes we get in in that um, we, we're not listening to our, our minds as much as we listen to our bodies when we do eat and if you eat something and um, we take sugar as a classic example isn't it I mean caffeine can be too as well as alcohol uh, it might make you feel really really good um, for a few minutes but then if you if you spend uh, a, a, a substantial period of time uh, feeling quite tired or anything then you're probably not doing your mental health any any good by eating that and uh, uh, and, and just make it personal Make it completely personal because, uh, as I said earlier, we're all different. Everybody's going to have a, our own nutritional journey, and it's definitely not quite as black and white as uh, getting on a, a bike or going for a run. So, um, don't definitely don't give yourself a hard time uh, if you if you slip up. Don't give yourself a hard time uh, if you uh, uh, if it doesn't if something doesn't work for you and it's working for you, mate. Approach approach your nutrition with uh, a healthy spoonful of love, and uh, and it will really start to work for you. Uh, so we've got one more tip to give out who would like to who would do that and I, if, if you've both got one then I guess we need to change it to six tips <laughs> um, I, I, I'll just give one um, uh, and it's, it's a short one and I never thought I'd come on a podcast and cry uh, <laughs> but I have and do you know what that's empowering and um, my social media uh, persona is me I am honest, and um, if you ask me, I'll tell you the truth. And um, if anyone's got any questions, you, you know, you, you just ask away. Um, but, but that's really important because that honesty. Every time you're honest with someone, or 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 anonymously on on social media, it's great for that that ability to just put something out there without the pressure of people kind of watching you in the moment you can do it at your own pace and your own speed and and say what you want to say in the way you want to say it um so social media can be fantastic if we use it in the right way and to say the right things honestly and openly and that's what i try and do with all my posts they're not crafted they're not amazing pictures um but they are honest and um i think if I just not inspire because I'm not in this for influence or inspiration. Um, but if I can give someone hope that it can be better, then that's, that's, that's all that matters. That's a really good point there. And actually the, I think the tip, if we define it a little bit there, the tip is there to maybe look for, um, for, for being a beacon of light, hope and inspiration. Is, Is that what we're saying? Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I just said it in a really long-winded way. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I, I really, I, I mean, I emphasise with that as well. And actually, what you you said is um, when when I first was opened up about my mental health journey, is actually I said that um, it doesn't bother me if I help uh, a million people, a thousand people, a hundred people, or just one person. I if my story will help one person, um, that is all that I need uh, to, to, to know that it was worth me sharing my story. And I think that that's the same thing there, is that actually we can all be role models. 
we can all be superheroes. We don't have to be wearing a cape. We just actually need to uh, to go out there and sort of be a, be a good person. Look to 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 always be sort of constantly improving and, and helping and giving back. And I think that that is an incredible tip to tip to do. And it's not just even about cycling. That one that was about uh, going to be about anything. Uh, Susie, did you have anything left to, to add in there? Um, I agree with everything we've said so far. Some fantastic points. One final thing from me is love yourself. We've got one body, one life. Try to enjoy it. And remember, we're all different. Just because we don't look like certain people, it doesn't mean we're worse or better. We're just ourselves. So just take care of yourself. Absolutely. Yes. I, yeah, that's a great point. And, uh, and there we go. I've lied the whole way through this because we have six top tips. Um, that's fantastic. I think that's that's amazing. And uh, we are going to have to to call it there. I know we, we could talk all, all night and, uh, and keep going and maybe we, we'll, we'll come back. But uh, uh, Susie, Guy, and then obviously Eric Min, uh, I'd like to, to thank all three of you for, for giving up your time and, uh, and, and inputting into something that is uh, uh, such an important topic. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, uh, again, listeners, thank you. I hope that um, uh, for those of you, if you're listening to this and you are uh, suffering with any form of uh, mental health challenge, uh, hopefully the information uh, we have imparted during this podcast is going to help you to to, to make a, a step towards being in a, in a much better place and for those of you who are uh, already in, in a great place uh, fantastic and I love to hear that and uh, hopefully you can take some of the, the tips that uh, away that we've imparted and uh, and make sure you stay there maybe you can help someone else uh, or maybe uh, it's just about even leveling up your your sort of inner inner peace uh, so thank you for listening if you've enjoyed the podcast uh, please make sure that you share this with your friends uh, definitely subscribe because we've got uh, some really really interesting uh, more podcasts coming up soon and uh, depending on which platform you are on uh, please make sure you give us a little like or review review bespoke to, uh, and all the episodes and uh, uh, and we'll see you again soon so thank you my name is Pav Bryan I'm performance director uh, here at Spokes and you've been listening to Bespoked